0: Hello, and welcome to a Week 11 edition of the Rest of Season Top 150 show. My name is Adam Levitan. Each and every Wednesday on this show, I am joined by Mark Dankenbring and Jack Miller filling in for Mike Leone once again to talk buy lows, sell highs, trading, rest of season rankings. Mark, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Adam. Uh, tough week with all injuries here. You know, heading into Week 11. Didn't did didn't expect this much movement, but uh, here we are, so. You know, excited to get into it with you guys today.
0: Yeah, injury stuff was certainly a mess in week 10. Not necessarily the quantity. I mean, there was certainly a decent quantity of them, but so many guys that were in our top 50, our top 100, did get hurt in week 10. Going to make for an interesting week 11 DFS
2: slate, which we'll talk about on Friday. But anyways, Jack, how's it going? It's going well. We're double-digit weeks into the season. Um, And like you guys said, there was a lot of movement. So excited to break it all down. Yes. So this rest of season top 150 list is not just something we pull out of our ass. It is
0: intended to be good for trading any best ball rest of season stuff you're doing. You can get access to this list through our DraftKit Pro or in-season package. And speaking of that, we have reduced our prices to have uh, reflect that the season is a little bit more than halfway done. We will go through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl with all our content. Gets you the rest of season top 150 and all our DFS coverage. Weekly and monthly options are available all right I I think the lead story here at least for me was the Colts stuff and it's kind of tricky because Jeff Saturday was allowed to go back to Matt Ryan and that made a huge 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 difference we saw in the two games before Matt Ryan got hurt slash benched they played very fast they played very pass happy Paris Campbell was very much involved they come back to Matt Ryan with Jeff Saturday in there and now you see no Naheem Hines. You see no Deion Jackson. You'll see another big game for Paris Campbell. So I don't know how sustainable this is. Obviously, Matt Ryan's not a very good quarterback, but it's certainly a boost, I think, for all these guys. Mark, what do you think about Colts stuff going forward? How would you be looking to handle JT, Paris, Pittman, these guys?
1: Yeah, definitely a boost for the Colts offense here with Matt Ryan back at the helm. Definitely just adds a level of competency, you know, to the Colts Um Matt Ryan's done it for a long time, obviously not necessarily in, in the prime of his career anymore, but still can operate a successful offense. So uh, definitely, I think, moves You know, Jonathan Taylor squarely back into the RB1 range. Uh, he did have a massive workload this past week without Deion Jackson. It looks like he has a bone bruise in his knee, probably could miss another week, maybe two. So as long as Deion Jackson is out, J- it looks like JT is going to be out there. Pretty much every snap, so that that's a, a massive upgrade to his fantasy outlook. Uh, in terms of the wide receivers, you know, I think this makes me confident in starting Michael Pittman each week. Having Matt Ryan back, and then also you mentioned it with Paris Campbell. You know, he's had a good rapport with Matt Ryan and has been out there all season, just hasn't necessarily garnered the targets every week. So I, I think you know you can start all three of those guys. I'm not going any deeper on the Colts. Um, and then we saw their pace you know hold true to kind of their their season average this year in the first game under Jeff Saturday. So I think that's decent, you know to note that they should still run a decent amount of plays. and I think those three guys are all all, all startable in fantasy.
0: Yeah, one guy that uh, on there that I think maybe is a bit bigger name than I really like him is Michael Pittman just because the way he's being used is not great for fantasy. I mean he's running these like eight and nine yard Comeback routes and look at the schedule they have coming up. I mean, Eagles is a very difficult matchup. Steelers, okay. Cowboys a difficult matchup. Vikings, they, even the Giants in Week 17 is not the softest for Pittman. So I, you know, if people are real excited about Matt Ryan and the Pittman stuff. I might be willing to make a move there, but yeah, I do like Paris Campbell as an ad uh, a lot. I mean, we have a pretty big sample now of Matt Ryan really targeting this guy frequently and Paris Campbell playing very very well. I want to go to the Ram stuff, Jack. I mean. Feel bad for Cooper Cup. You know, had the ankle injury a few weeks ago, uh, made it back, then gets hurt again. High ankle sprain, needs surgery going on IR. Now, we still have Cooper Cup in the top 150 here. And, you know, we got a question from Kyle. Would you consider dropping Cooper Cup? It it depends. Do you have an IR spot? How deep is your bench? Do you need the roster spot that Cooper Cup has? I I think that there's a good chance that Cooper Cup is done for the year. Like maybe uh, 50-50, 55-45. This Rams team is so bad. By the time Cooper Cup is back, which could be four or five weeks. I mean, why come back to a team that is stone dead? You know, why push it? So if you had to drop Cooper Cup, uh, I would. I'd be trying to hang on till we get more information. But man, these high ankle sprains, especially those that come with surgery, it's called tightrope surgery, I believe. Really, really scary stuff. So Jack, any thoughts on Cup? And then what do you think the Rams are going to do on offense now, if anything, besides just give up?
2: Yeah, I think with Cup, um, maybe he is an underdog to play again this year, but it is just such a huge payoff if he does play. Like you're, we're talking about, like a top three, maybe probably the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy. Um, so I think I would also be trying to hold on to Cup but just until we have more information. As for the rest of the offense, it's going to be even more ugly than it's already it already has been. I think Allen Robinson or Hig- and Higby are going to be the two guys who benefit most, um, but I don't know really how high we can go on them just because Allen Robinson hasn't commanded a huge target share this year uh, like we expected in preseason, and then Higby did actually command a huge target share earlier in the season, but his targets and his routes have been down. Um, his targets came back up a little bit last game, but his routes were still not great, and uh, they were rotating in back up tight ends a little bit more than they had early on in the season. So I think it's going to be... It's tough to depend on any of them. I think Higby is, is, you know, startable and then Allen Robinson as well. But I don't think you can expect any of them to command like a a massive target share.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know some people are, you know, on Skoranek. I know Ben uh, Silva is uh, a little bit optimistic on Ben Skoranek. I'm just not sure that the talent is there on him. I would love to see them get Allen Robinson into the slot more. He would be the guy that I think gets the biggest boost if he can do it. Um, But yeah. Certainly a mess here. We don't even know if Matthew Stafford's gonna be back for this week. Speaking of,
1: I I I have a couple notes here just because I I have Cup in a couple leagues. So I I have him in an FFPC league, which is you know twenty man bench or twenty man team. So I'm gonna hold him in that. Then I have a league like with home home friends that is you know five bench spots. Uh, So I'm gonna drop probably drop him in that. Like I need to you know add a player to make the playoffs. So I'll probably drop him there. Um, And then Scourneck and. You know, Van Jefferson, I I would only add in like the deepest of leagues, don't think they're necessarily startable moving forward.
0: Okay. You mentioned uh, the Higby situation. We had injuries at the tight end position big time this week. People lost Dallas Goddard. People lost Zach Ertz previously in the previous week. People lost Darren Waller. I mean, it's getting even thinner than it was before at tight end. And people are thinking, like, what can I do? I'm not sure what you can really do when you lose a tight end. Like, if someone has a good tight end, they're not trading him. And even by good tight end, I mean like Friermuth, Hawkinson, Schultz, like Dolchich. Like these guys are, are good tight ends right now. I, I don't even know what, what to do. Obviously, picking up Trey McBride would be a priority for me if I had no other tight end. But like, I don't want to give up assets for freaking Cole Komet or Big Bob Tunyon. Gerald Everett also hurt his groin this past week. So I, I don't know, Mark. What do you think about people who are losing tight ends? Is there anything that they can do?
1: It's really tricky for sure. Um, you know, outside of the top six, like so many guys are banged up. We even have Gerald Everett, you know, battling a groin issue. Not sure if he's going to play. Uh, Keenan and Mike Williams might be back. So who even knows what his value will be when they're back? Uh, you know, questions uh, still around in Joku. Uh, Goddard just placed on IR. So it, it, it's been brutal. Um, I, I picked up Trey McBride in, in a couple leagues, you know, where I have Waller. I have a decent amount of Waller. So I've been trying to piece that together. Uh, Foster Moreau if he's still out there obviously a decent add he could potentially be in the top 150 honestly depending on when Waller comes back and um, but yeah I think McBride is is probably the best pickup here um, you know we saw Zach Ertz down go down he's out for the season and McBride played 91% of the snaps so it looks like he'll be in that full-time role he also had 57% snap slaughter out wide so you know they're clearly going to use him in Ertz's role, just depend, you know, it's a little more uncertain what his target share will be. I would imagine it's between like the 12 and 15% range, which is, you know, between four and six targets a week, which, which we can handle. I agree with you. I'm not necessarily giving up assets to go get a tight end, um, outside of, you know, the top six. Like I think Dalton Schultz is, is a decent buy mentioned Pat Fryermuth as, as my buy of the week last week. And I would still be on that. So uh, it is a little tricky, you know, definitely dealing with this and it's kind of a week to week scenario, but um, you know, I, I, and like Cole Komet has scored touchdowns in the past few weeks. There's just a lot of names to kind of mix and match here.
0: Yeah. I, I would say that on the Trey McBride thing, I'm concerned that he's been unable to earn targets. I mean, he ran 40 something routes last week, ran a bunch of routes in the preseason and has not been able to earn targets. That's certainly concerning, but man, at tight end, you just got to take a swing. And like, if you lost these guys, I mean, you just got to take a swing on it, I think, and hope that it hits for Trey McBride. Seems like he's definitely going to be out there a ton. The David and Joku stuff. He was supposed to be out two to five weeks. I believe this will be the third week, the third or fourth week. So if you have someone and you want to trade for David and Joku, I'm fine with that. They have not um, shown like a big uh, desire to expand Harrison Bryant's role. Like, And my point there is just that as soon as David and Joku gets back, I think he'll have his old role back. Let's go to the Laren Fournette, Rashad White stuff. Um, I was surprised, man, that they started Rashad White. And maybe that doesn't mean anything, you know, like just gave him the start, whatever. But it was still 13 to 9 touches in favor of Lenny in the first half. Lenny hurts his hip. Now they have a bye. Then they come back. The bottom line is that it's very clear that it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter between these guys. We now have them just 32 spots apart in the overall rankings and only 10 spots apart. In the running back rankings, I think it's going to be hard to make a move here, like Is a Rashad White owner really selling? Uh, I doubt it. Is it Leonard Fournette owner or or is somebody, you know, like looking, are you looking to buy Leonard Fournette? Probably not either. So I'm not sure there's a move to make here other than hopefully we've been holding Rashad White and uh, uh, he can finally pay off in a big way. Jack, what do you think about the Bucks running back stuff?
2: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with most of what you just said. Lenny did have more touches in the first half, 13 and nine. He had 12 carries and a reception and, and White just had. Uh, nine carries, but White did out snap him, and he did obviously start. And we've been hearing for so long that the Bucks just want to expand Rashad White's role, and this is kind of the first time they've made a huge move in doing that by starting White. Uh, I agree with you that there's not really a move to be made here because, like, you can't sell Lenny right now, and and you don't really want to like pay up for Rashad White after he just started a game and, and got more than half of the half of the snaps in the first half and had 22 carries. And even with White, like, he had 22 carries and it still wasn't a great fantasy outing for him. Uh, And Leonard Fournette is not expected to miss any time with the hip injury he suffered. So I I do think, like, holding Rashad White um, is the only play you can make here. And it it does seem like moving forward it might be a true 50-50 committee, whereas even when White was factoring in earlier in the season and they, they said all these things, like, we need to get him the ball more, they didn't actually do anything, but now it does seem like it's going to be pretty close to 50 50.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely think it will. Um, let's, I want to talk about the quarterback position, Mark. So, you know, I have been longtime proponent of late slash mid round QB. You know, used to be a laughing stock of the league if you took a quarterback in round one or two or even three. You know, I always thought that like somewhere between round six and 10 was the best place. But the way that the top is separating, you see now we have Josh Allen 21st overall, Jalen Hurts 26th, Mahomes 27th, Lamar 31st. And I'm sure people are going to say, you guys are too low on Justin Fields. At 52nd, we have Tua 51st also here. Uh, Mark, what would you do as a Fields owner? And I'm sure there's a lot of people with this question that we have in chat here. You know, uh, Scott said, what should Justin Fields owners roster another elite QB do? In other words, I'm, I'm sure this happens to people a lot. Like they took a good QB. They were like, ah, I'll take a late shot on Justin Fields or I'll pick up Justin Fields. Now they have two good quarterbacks, two really good quarterbacks. They can only start one. Uh, What do you think about all the field stuff and anything else at quarterback?
1: I actually think this is the perfect time to sell Justin Fields if if you do have another elite quarterback on your team. Um, Obviously it's, you know, it's tough to sell someone after they drop back-to-back 40 burgers on, you know, run for, like 150-plus yards in each game. But, you know, things things are, I think, going to get a lot tougher here on Justin Fields. Obviously, he has Atlanta uh, this week, which is another great matchup. But then he goes to the Jets, which is a bottom-10 matchup against quarterbacks. Uh, Host Green Bay, six worst against quarterbacks, has a bye, and then gets Philly and Buffalo, who are both in the bottom three fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks this season. So, you know, one out of the next five weeks, you really get to feel confident about starting Justin Fields, uh, especially if you're starting him over someone like Lamar Jackson, I had people ask me this week, you know, do they start him over Jalen hurts? So in those scenarios, I would definitely be selling fields. Um, if he's your only quarterback, then I, I would feel fine holding him because I think the floor is at least going to be there just with his rushing capability. You know, I, I think we can still expect probably between 14 and 18 points, even in these tougher matchups, which is, which is fine, but it's not going to win you the week like he's done the last couple of weeks. So I think when you look ahead and you see, he still has Atlanta this week it, it, uh, it and then it gets really rough, um, you know, it's a good time to sell. And then if you're in a great spot and can just kind of hold and play for the playoffs and uh, the championship, he does get the Lions in week 17, which is, you know, the fantasy championship for most teams. So it is kind of dependent on your team structure and, and what you have else at quarterback to, to use. But I think, you know, just kind of looking ahead, things are going to get a lot tougher. And this is the, I think, the perfect time to sell Justin Fields.
0: Speaking of uh Bears stuff, you'll notice a big bump there for David Montgomery. That's because Khalil Herbert after uh, Evan and I did the team by team yesterday was announced that Khalil Herbert is going on IR uh for 4 weeks. Obviously a big boost there for David Montgomery. We'll talk more about him on Friday as he is underpriced for the DFS slate against the Falcons. Uh the Kadarius Tony stuff, man. I mean, he was 5k on DraftKings last week and I like couldn't pull the trigger, but it was obviously a really good spot for him with Nicole out. And then Juju goes down, but still the usage still wasn't that great. That said, touches per snaps was outrageous for Kadarius Tony. And at this point, like I can only see the role growing. And I'm worried that Juju's gonna be out for longer, maybe than uh, maybe longer than just last week and this week. But we'll see there. That was a really scary hit that Juju took. Uh, and then we also have all the stuff going on with CEH. Also, Jack, what do you think about all the Kansas City stuff going on?
2: Yeah, so Tony had five targets and two carries. He did only play 28 snaps and run 17 routes. Uh, so he had almost 0.3 targets per route run. But I do think maybe we can expect him to be that kind of guy even moving forward. Maybe not to that extent, but he was a high target per route run guy last year in New York. He he'd never played a bunch of snaps outside of one or two games, and he, he earned a bunch of targets. Um, and like you said, there is so much room for the role to grow with Micole out. He was listed today. Micole was with like an illness to the abdomen on the injury reports. So I, don't, I don't know what that means, but doesn't sound great. Uh, and then Juju obviously took the, the bad hit. So I do think there's room for, for him to run more routes and get more snaps. And if he can maintain a high targets per route run, then that's a really lucrative fantasy role, um, especially in the Chiefs offense. And then with the running backs, Clyde played four snaps last week. Pacheco and, and McKinnon basically handled everything. Andy Reid said the day that they, they're they working to get Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the ball more and, and get him more snaps and more work. But it does seem like they're trending more toward Pacheco lately. I think maybe four snaps is kind of the bottom for him. Like I don't think he's ever just going to completely go away. But it does seem like it's trending toward Pacheco and McKinnon as, as the two guys. And it makes sense with Pacheco being the rookie, and then McKinnon, they've they've always trusted in the high leverage spots. So I, I definitely think the Clyde Edwards-Helaire thing might be, you know, on its way out in Kansas City, and it's going to be mostly Pacheco and McKinnon down the stretch.
0: I mean, look, they hate their running backs, and that's part of the reason Mahomes has been so valuable. I mean, this dude drops back. I mean, their password of expectation is completely absurd. They don't they hate all their running backs. They don't want to run the ball in the first place, and so it just sets up really well for like. Juju and Tony and even MVS to just have like really big games from time to time cuz when they're pushed I mean Mahomes will throw it 50 times no problem 60 times no problem to these guys so yeah I really like being high on chief stuff I almost if I had uh, more heart I was ready to play MVS in cash uh on Sunday but I didn't have the heart uh for it um okay let's go to the Christian Watson stuff I feel like that's one of the biggest stories of the week, obviously Christian Watson benefited from Romeo Dobbs being out from Randall Cobb being out. That said, both those guys have been, uh, well, Randall Cobb just is dust and Romeo Dobbs has been very up and down. We still have a big gap here. Lazard 58th. Overall, Christian Watson, 102nd overall. I'm sure people are going to say, Mark, that should be tighter. I still think Lazard is a very, very good player. I get Christian Watson had a very, very good game against Dallas. Christian Watson is like a, like a freak athlete and, and, you know, was not maybe the most polished receiver coming out, but you can see the athleticism just falling off the TV. What do you think about the Watson stuff? Obviously he's will be added or added by everyone. How much would you spend on him? And would you be looking for Christian Watson in trade market stuff?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think this is, you know, probably one of the best free agent ads we're going to get the rest of the year with Christian Watson. Obviously it was a bit of a perfect storm uh, this past week with a couple wide receivers out and him catching you know three touchdowns on four receptions. Uh, but you know I, I think there's upside here. The Packers clearly need his speed and athleticism in this offense. That, that that's just an element that they don't have at this point. Still attached with you know a good quarterback in Aaron Rodgers uh, and their defense hasn't hasn't played all that well this season. So they're they're going to need to continue to put up points. Um, I think where we have him ranked as like a wide receiver four is is fair. You know they opened the window for Randall Cobb to be activated off IR today. Um, Romeo Dobbs was not placed on IR, so he could be back in the next couple of weeks. And I believe they have a buy in week 14. So, you know, towards the end of the season, it could be back to a situation where he's playing, you know, more like two thirds of the snaps as opposed to, um, you know, like the, like the 80% he saw this past week. Um, but I, I think it's going to be kind of a boomer bust play that that's tough to figure out in season long but again his speed you know i think they're going to continue to utilize and draw plays for him and, and this season has just been tough for him like he's left uh, multiple games uh you know in game with injury and and so this was the first time we saw him make it through a full game and and really put up some numbers so I, I think that can continue but you know i think kind of wide receiver four range is is where he belongs
0: i mean this offense i think you know i understand they played really well against Dallas and that's a very good defense i'm still not like optimistic that they're going to have these big passing games. And that's why I think Christian Watson, maybe people are going overboard on, but yeah, I mean, at this point in the season to get a guy like Christian Watson off waivers, I think I'd be uh, relatively excited about it. We're getting a lot of questions uh, involving uh, George Pickens, Jack, like Pickens for Trey McBride, a couple people, other more people asked George Pickens questions. You know, I think a lot of people were hopeful, at least that with Chase Claypool gone, George Pickens would be featured more. It hasn't really happened firemouth and Deontay continue to command a ton of targets but not be especially efficient given the state of the quarterback position in the offense so i don't know man like i've torched a lot of money on george pickens in dfs tournaments this year i'm kind of
2: burnt out on him but i don't want to give up what do you think about the george pickens stuff uh jack yeah i mean it's kind of been the same thing all year where he's on the field a bunch he's he's running a bunch of routes but he's just not commanding the targets that we would like to see from him. And it was, it was the same thing last weekend without Claypool really. And so I am still a little optimistic on Pickens just because of the archetype of the rookie wide receiver in the second half of the season. And he's out there so much already. Like, it's not a question of, is he going to start playing more? It's a question of like, will these targets start coming to him? And maybe he can figure out a way to command targets at a better rate over the second half of the season. Um, But I do think like his first week without Claypool was not great in terms of like it did not fix the issue we've had all season that he has not been able to command targets despite running a ton of routes every week. Yeah,
0: I think where he's running the routes is not great. You know, like he's just like streaking up the sideline and that's not where Kenny Pickett is typically looking. I'd love to see some more scheme looks. for George Pickens, it has not happened. The Rams running back situation, I I think, you know, we already mentioned it, but this offense could be so 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 bad. Like we'd only have Daryl Henderson barely in the top 150. No other running backs. I know there was some hype around Kieran Williams for super deep leaguers. It's just hard for me to see any running back here in this offense with no Cooper Cup, like really being efficient or getting touchdowns at all. So I think it's pretty safe to be out on Rams running backs. Speaking of being out, <clears throat> I got a couple questions about Odell Beckham. Um, from what I've seen, it's Odell Beckham is cleared, but likely won't be ready playing games until December sometime. And so if he's not even going to start playing until December sometime, and he's not even on a team yet, how quickly can he really get ramped up? Would you really want to start him in a fantasy playoff game? I doubt it. So I have not made the move to add Odell Beckham at all yet. Mark, I don't know if you have disagree there at Odell or thought about putting him in the top
1: 150. Uh, we have him at the tail end. Uh, he's, just, he's listed as a free agent, so he's not yeah. popping up there. But, you know, I I think it's an okay stash. I I agree with your logic there of it's going to be tough to start him, you know, his first game under a new team. Um, I I think he's an okay stash like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not super excited. I'm not making trades to get Odell thinking he's going to be the answer in the playoffs. If he's still on the waiver wire, again, I think he's, he's fine to pick up and hold for a bit just to at least see who he signs with. But uh, there's still a lot, a lot up in the air here. And um, again, not, not necessarily someone I'm aggressively going after.
0: The Terry McLaurin stuff continues to impress with Taylor Heineke. You know, I know there's some thoughts out there that Carson Wentz could start. That that would shock me. I mean, you can't you can't go back to Carson Wentz after the way he played and what Taylor Heineke has done for the team. I believe Taylor Heineke is three and one with his lone loss coming to a really close game against the Vikings. And so, if you assume that Terry uh, that Taylor Heineke has the job the rest of the way, or at least for the foreseeable future, you can have, make a case for some really good Terry McLaurin stuff. We have moved him above. Debo Samuel, Chris Olave, DK Metcalf. We now have Terry McLaurin right there in the Chris Godwin range at 34th overall. I assume, Mark, that this is baking in Terry Heineke starts going forward.
1: Correct. This this ranking is essentially assuming that Heineke will be the starting quarterback the rest of the way um, because you know McLaurin's role has just been outstanding with him. You mentioned it. Uh, the upgrade from Wentz, you know, it's almost doubled his target share. He's up around 30%, uh, where it was around 16% with Wentz in there. So, that's just been a massive upgrade. Uh, uh, McLaurin has been the wide receiver 13 and half PPR over the last four weeks with Heineke. So, we have him wide, right at wide receiver 14. Uh, you know, the, I, I would say the only kind of ding against McLaurin is they do have their buy left. So, there's going to be one week you can't use him the rest of the way, but their schedule is relatively soft uh, moving forward for wide receivers. So, you know, as, as long as Heineke is in there, I, I feel great about McLaurin being a wide receiver too with, you know, weekly wide receiver one upside. We saw just how good of a player he is against this matchup with the Eagles, you know, going up against Darius Slay and still putting up a monster game. So just got to got to love the connection there with McLaurin and Heineke.
0: McLaurin's a baller, uh, guy who is not a baller, uh, Josh Palmer. And that's sad for me to say was my one move to make last week was Josh Palmer. That said, really tough spot for the Chargers against San Francisco in that Sunday night game did not expect Josh Palmer to perform particularly well. The news on Keenan Allen is that he's expected to practice this week. We will see if he is actually able to play after he aggravated his hamstring for whatever the, I don't know fourth time or something. He said he's going to wait for it to get hundred percent before he plays again. So we'll see if he can get full practices in starting later this afternoon. Either way, I do not expect to see big Mike Williams anytime soon. And so Josh Palmer is going to be an every down receiver. And I, you know, I think it's fine to start him as like a wide receiver three anytime one of Keenan or Big Mike is out. Herbert is too good, and Palmer's role is good. And, you know, Everett might be missed. Also, Keenan could be less than 100%. They just need Josh Palmer so bad. He's just not that good, is the big problem. All right. You said it all. Let's get to the one move to make. Each of us, instead of a flag plant, we will do one move to make. Jack, I shall give you. Z floor.
2: Yeah, I'll say to go out and add Traylon Burks. I think on, in a lot of leagues, he's probably on the waiver wire after uh, his injury. And he did not perform super great on, in the box score in his first game back, but he ran 29 routes on 38 Tannehill dropbacks. That's 76%, which is an elite, but in a first game back, it's, it's not bad. He had six targets uh, on 36 Tannehill passes, which is around 17%. And the, the Titans offense is not great and it's a low volume passing offense. Um, but I think the cost to acquire Jalen Brooks right now is is like almost nothing because he's on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. So you're not giving up much. And and I mentioned this a couple of times, but he fits that archetype of like a, a rookie wide receiver who did pretty well uh, before his injury and and now he's coming back and everyone's kind of forgotten about him. So you can go get him for free and maybe even in a low volume passing offense, he can carve out a pretty decent role because his, his tar- target competition is like Robert Woods, Nick Westbrook-Akine, Austin Hooper. Like if he doesn't have to do a whole lot or be this insane player to command a high share of targets. And if he is this player that we started to see come on before his injury, then I think there's some a, a possibility of a pretty decent reward there. And right now it costs basically nothing to go get him. Perfect. Add Traylon, Burks. I dig it.
0: Mark, the floor is yours.
1: Yeah. Mine for this week is going to be sell James Connor. Uh, And you might be like, Mark, what? You know, he just came back from injury, had this amazing role. 96% of snaps is a career high with the Cardinals here, but the Cardinals are down. They're starting three interior offensive linemen. Uh, They're either all on IR or out for the season. Brandon Thorne just came out with his mid season offensive line rankings and the Cardinals are 26. So you know, bottom 10, close to bottom five there for Thorne. And then they have a horrible schedule upcoming pretty much until the fantasy championship. They get the Niners at home, who are the toughest team against RBs this year. They do get the Chargers, which have been, you know, a layup matchup. So you potentially uh, sell that to, to whoever you're selling to that they get the Chargers next week. Then they're on bye. Then they get the, the Patriots, Broncos, and um, Buccaneers, who are all bottom 10 against running backs this season, in fantasy points allowed. And then in the fantasy championship, they do get at Atlanta, but I think you're going to have a tough time getting there with James Conner as you're running back. So I'm going to say to sell James Conner right now and his value is, is the highest.
0: Yeah. I love it. I've been a long time, James Connor hater, mostly because of offensive efficiency, right? Like yards per carry for James Conner is just, I never feel good about him ever getting a four or five yard run. That said really good goal line role and really good pass game role. And maybe you could sell some people, on that, if you were trying to sell off James Conner, my move to make is going to be trade for or buy Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is coming off of a very disappointing three target game in a good spot against the Dolphins last week. People might be frustrated right now with him. Note that Deshaun Watson returned to practice this week and he can play starting in week 13. Games after that, the Brown Tab, are Houston, Cincy, Baltimore, New Orleans, and Washington football team for the final five games of the fantasy regular season. I mean, they have been so run heavy with Jacoby Brissett, and I understand it, and I understand they have Chubb, and they're trying to hide Brissett. But when Deshaun Watson gets in there, I would expect their pass rate to spike, and that'll obviously be good for Amari Cooper, both more volume and better efficiency from Deshaun Watson than he's been getting from Jacoby Brissett. <clears throat> that is going to do it for this rest of the season top 150 show. Be sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube and please be sure you're following these guys on Twitter. They're grinding their cocks. Make sure you're following them. Mark is at Mark Dank. M-A-R-K-D-A-N-K. Jack is at Jack Miller 02. Is that correct, Jack? That's correct. Perfect. For Mark. For Jack. I am Adam.